0: You're listening to Hayes Radio Network. Cannabis
1: lifestyle radio. The Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtech.com.
0: Listen to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. This is the
1: business of cannabis. Of great big business of cannabis. Welcome to everyone. Thank you for joining us. Dave Sky here, along with my co-host sidekick, Matt Cook, as we bring you more business stories from the cannabis front lines, the latest in cannabis brands, services, innovations in retail, software, distribution, marketing, a hard look at the hard realities of making money in the cannabis industry. Uh, we definitely have a fascinating show for you today. I think we usually have an interesting show, but this one's for real. We have two extraordinarily innovative companies, uh, one uh, in the medicinal space and one in edibles, and both hope to transform their respective uh, industries. Uh, The medicinal market, while not uh, ignored, it doesn't seem to garner the interest or media attention it once did. And according to our guest, Ken Clement of Kansana Health, that's a huge mistake. Uh, the medicinal market could dwarf the recreational market by orders of magnitude, and that's if only a small fraction of the clinical studies now underway prove successful. Kinsana is working on a treatment for wounds, and in three or four years they hope to have an FDA uh, FDA approved drug. Uh, so we'll find out all about how Kensana got to that point. Um, the product market for wounds is about twenty billion annually, by the way. So uh, to put that into perspective, and that's just one tiny sliver of the medicinal market. Uh, then we chat with Ron Silver, a very successful restaurateur and chef in New York. He is the owner of Boobies, the very popular brunch spot on the lower uh, west side of town. But we'll chat to Ron about his cannabis company uh, called Azucar, which is marketing a method for creating edibles that have a, a consistent, measurable and repeatable effect. Uh, and that effect takes uh, between only only takes five to 15 minutes. And that's every time, pretty cool. Uh, all I know uh, about the method per se is the edibles not processed by the liver, which is the key because apparently the liver messes things up, who knew? We'll ask Ron to fill in the rest of the story, but we think you'll find it a, a pretty interesting one. So there you have it, two businesses with tremendous potential to transform uh, one in the medicinal space, the other in edibles. And that's why I love doing this show. We talk to real entrepreneurs, with real innovative offerings. It's an exciting time to be in the cannabis industry. It's an exciting time to be doing a radio show about the cannabis industry. So let's get excited about the cannabis industry together as we set off on another edition of The Business of Cannabis. The Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtech.com. Welcome, uh, to the Business of Cannabis. Uh, Dave Sky joined uh, as always with uh, by Matt Cook. And hello. there's a hello from Matt. Um, hopefully we'll hear more from him in a sec. Uh um we have uh, our, our first guest uh reached uh, in Australia, Ken Clement. Uh Ken is founder, CEO, and chairman of a Um Ken has a very long and illustrious history in the medicinal medicinal cannabis space, uh, starting in a place near and dear to both Matt and I, which is Canada. Uh, we're also big uh, hockey fans, and so is Ken, and he owns a minor hockey team called the Wellington Dukes, which is cool. So uh, Ken, uh, welcome to
0: the show. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: So, so why don't we just start with, uh, the what's the cansado story? Take us from the beginning, uh, okay, and, well, how, and how did this company evolve into where it is now?
0: Okay, so it, Kinsana is a Canadian company, and um, uh, and I'm Canadian. I, I'm just down here at this point, um, through the the COVID um, fiasco that we've gone through, and um, I uh, um, we're commercializing in Australia, and um, and so I'm down here focusing on on that piece of the business at this moment. But um, the story begins in Canada, really. 19 years ago when my, I, my son had a lot of, uh, uh, struggles early in life and, um, needed a, a bunch of surgeries in the first six months. And it and we got exposed, um, during the process, um, to plant-based medicines and, um, and it was really a plant-based medicine that, that, um, you know, ultimately helped his seizures. And so, um, I, I learned. A lot about at that point when the doctors were not allowing us to use that he was in children's hospital in Vancouver and we we weren't allowed to use that plant-based um materials that that we had found to give him and I got into a a bit of a um you know a, a nice debated discussion with the doctors and I got educated on on everything pharmaceutical from from uh clinical trials to titration and um why why plants can't be medicine traditionally medicine prescribed by doctors and and I just I decided that that there has to be a better way of doing this and um, took on the challenge of of determining how could you manufacture a plant so that the plant was so consistent that you could take the active pharmaceutical ingredient from the plant and then therefore um, ultimately do the clinical research and and work towards making drugs um, that had the same um, rigor and backup put to them as, as a regular approved um, Health Canada drug, for example. And um, I chose the cannabis plant um, as the, really the guinea pig plant to um, try to see how we could standardize the APIs from that plant. And, and really from, from the perspective of, well, if we couldn't do that, if it was an unachievable task at that point, then at least we could sell that product. And so when when Health Canada um, around 2012 was talking about um, legalizing large scale cultivation centers, um, I I started to work harder on um, putting this together. And um, by 2013, we were licensed in Health Canada. And by 2014, I was one of the first companies open into the new medicinal cannabis regulations in 2014 in Canada and when we went and proceeded to to prove out over the next um few years that we could grow a plant and we could grow that plant so that so consistently and control that level of environment at such a level that the actual api could be used um, to make to make a a, a medicinal oh so that it, ha- it would
1: have the consistency of a, of the medicine
0: yeah and and really that was the, that's the, the, the basis of what we're, what we're doing. We, we, the company in Canada originally um, that we built um, was for the purpose of medical cannabis and for the purpose of uh, getting a, com- a, a compound from the plant. Um, once we discovered how much medical benefit was in the plant, um, how did we get the compounds in the plant and get that through to an actual um, pharmaceutical product? And, and try to follow more in the footsteps of uh, a GW Pharmaceuticals, for example, that has, um, you know, obviously m- not a lot of people maybe know who GW is, but lots of people do know who GW is, and they're the first one to have a, a cannabis-based product that is pretty much throughout the world. Um, and they have a Sativex and an Epidiolex, which are Health Canada um, FDA-approved um, drugs for for one of them for treating um, epilepsy in children, for example. And so mm-hmm. that's the, the side of the business that interests us, interests me the most. And, um, and that's been our pursuit, um, you know, from, from the, from the beginning, that's how we're, how we're interested and why we're using the cannabis plant. If another plant came along dandelions, and we were approached once to do dandelions because it, researchers was finding some benefit from, from uh, uh, dandelions in the treatment for leukemia, he also needed standardized compounds. So it wouldn't really matter which All right. plant we're doing, right. but um, it's the concept. Is, yeah, it's the concept of it. Of and our focus is, is obviously now on, on cannabinoids and, and, um, and we currently have a product. We've recently um, uh, um, acquired a company that, um, Acadian company that was doing a lot of research um, in actual uh, healing chronic wounds. Called Vincent Therapeutics, and we, when we recently acquired that company, and um, we're gearing up to do a, a phase three clinical trial um, on on healing chronic wounds. Wow, so it's the cannabis industry is diverse, and you've got all the all the uh, sub, you know, the ind- the businesses around either supplying, manufacturing equipment, the building facilities to the marketing side of it. You got the whole recreational side of it. And then you got the medical side of it and the medical side of it's really in a couple of different stages of evolution from, from prescribing whole cannabis, um, to cannabis extracts in, in countries like Canada, Germany, Australia, right to where you've got companies like arena pharmaceuticals who just got sold by or bought by Pfizer for $6.7 billion. And, and that's a company actually isolating compounds and, and trying to treat uh, GI track issues. Um, so it, there's companies like us out there. We w- I kind of think of the cannabis in cannabis one, cannabis two, cannabis three, cannabis four, and a, a 4.0 cannabis company, which we had even before the cannabis industry got going in Canada, which was with GW Pharma. They were already, I think from 2013 on, maybe even before that, they were working to develop an actual drug from the, or a, a, a finished what we would call a pharmaceutical product from the from the plant.
1: Let me I jump in and that. Like I, picking up what you're saying, you, you said you you acquired a company in wounds. Take us through the business case of that, so that we can put something tangible to what you said. You've created a plant that's consistently produced. It has medicinal qualities. Uh, take us through how that applies to a specific market and what that market is, and so on.
0: Okay, I'll give you some really good examples of that. Yeah. Just let me back up and step up. I, I um, partnered with a, a company, strategic partnership with a, a German company, and they have a long history of extracting and isolating compounds, also formulating and regulatory approval and manufacturing of pharmaceutical products. And so we combined our ability to grow standardized products with their ability to manufacture finished products at the pharmaceutical level. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's who Kensana is at this point. And so that was why the the the, the fellow that had um, Dr. Maida from Toronto, who who um, owns and started Instant Therapeutics, who's done all the research and study and all the publications and the trials um, to prove that the formula is working on wounds. Um, and this is an isolate. This is not the whole plant. This is like an actual isolate of, of a. A, a few of the compounds with inside the plant that we're getting the success with and so that's how we're able to do it And for, as far as the, the business case and what's the difference between the two different markets well. I may be a little off of my numbers, but let's look at Germany, for example, there's about 100,000 um, German residents receiving medical cannabis today um, there's I think it's 2.2 or 2.6 million Germans. Um, uh, who have wounds. And, um, and- When you
2: say wounds, what, what what do you mean
0: by that? Well, I'm, there's two different categories of wounds. There's your chronic wounds and, mm-hmm. and there's your acute wounds. So acute wound would be like a burn or like an actual wound from an automobile accident or right. some type of accident where you've got a, a wound or there's a surgical site where you've had a surgery and you've got a, uh, your, your that's, those are acute wounds. Now chronic wounds, we're talking about um, diabetic ulcers. talking about venous leg ulcers we're talking about sickle cell disease calciflexus ulcers there's a a, there's a range of what you call chronic wounds now a chronic wound will be a wound that um is caused from from one of those um uh, medical conditions and um across the world the the standard of care the best care mat available for curing wounds is healing wounds at about a 48 percent rate so that means 52 percent or roughly half of the wounds that are in a chronic wound sector are, are not healable. And so when you go back to that example of, of, uh, not, not on the recreational side, we're talking medical, but all the companies fighting over medical cannabis business in Germany, and we're going to focus on wound in a market where 50% of those wounds are not healable. And yeah. when you translate that to numbers, the chronic wound market in the United States alone is, tw- is 20 billion. The, the U.S. wound market is about a hundred billion, and you're talking about a couple hundred billion when you start talking world markets for it. And we, our formula, is healing chronic wounds in a clinical study at an eighty percent rate. And and uh, wow. Dr. Dr. Maida doing his work in in uh, Toronto started on palliative care patients, and um, and and over ten years was honing down the recipe of what was performing best, which compounds in the plant were, were giving them the best results. And, and then uh, published five studies and the sixth one is about to be um, published. And, and off the strength of all those studies, um, we're entering a, a, a phase three trial in 2022 with um, uh, that trial is going to take place in six countries, the Australia, New Zealand, Germany, the UK, Canada, and the US. And so it it we're in the process of moving that um, IP along to the point where we have a, a registered um, a registered product that we could get registered in in uh, um, health Canada um, in the uh, FDA, for example, in the us.
1: Wow, it's you know it's we often talk on this show. where is the money in cannabis? Where is the business? And I guess right. the rec market is where it get is a shiny object. but wow, you hear numbers like that. And it just, it's, it's mass. It's just could be, it's just such a massive opportunity. Now, naturally there's many steps to go and there's, there's efficacy and and many studies, but it, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. I know it's early days, but it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. There's a, I'm I'm pretty passionate about what we're doing. And, and I, I, there's a clear pathway like GW got a product approved. By the FDA, from cannabinoids, and and you know all the opiates in the in the world are started as poppy plants, and and the opiate drugs are all based on on those plants. And yeah. um, with with Arena Pharmaceuticals, I mean a company like Pfizer doesn't pay six point seven billion no, dollars for no. a company <laughs> in a phase three trial that they don't think is going to get registered as a finished product. No, you know, now now to be fair, Arena had some other other products in their pipeline. They weren't all cannabinoids, but they do have cannabinoid products in their pipeline and they are in a phase three trial with those. And, and um, I know, you know, we, we know from real world evidence, uh, there's a lot of, uh, benefit to people with irritable bowel syndrome and, and colitis ulcers and things like that, taking, taking the whole plant. And so, um, obviously it's, you, you need to get it to get that approved as a drug, um, it's, it's more involved than having the whole plant, um, part of that process. So, right. Yeah. And it, it, I want to kind of go back to something you, you mentioned about
2: wounds and things like that. My wife actually works in the intensive care at one of the largest trauma hospitals here. And, um, you know, she sees stabbings and shootings, things like that. So maybe walk us through, you know, where your solution um, might ha- help that as well as. You know, people that have been in the ICU for a while that have bed sores or you know something like that, and and maybe bring it back to kind of a clinical application.
0: So um, Matt, the, the the most of our research and our studies have done on on acute wounds, but the the mechanism of action, which is you know where where we believe um, and why we believe we're getting the results we're believing. Um, that is to do with the CB1 and CB2 receptors that are in the skin. And so um, we ha- we've got real world evidence where we've applied this on surgical um, um, scars or people coming out of surgery and with burns. And so we're we are getting data showing we we're, we're improving that. We have to do the steps of all the trials um, to go to go with that to before we can go to the next step of of the approval process. We've done right. that work on a, on chronic wounds. And so the product is actually, um, uh, uh, it's really, Dr. Maida is talking about a paradigm shift in wound healing and, and we have attracted the leading people in the world to look at, at what we're doing. In fact, um, and calciflex's ulcers. I believe we on um, three people had, had um, a total of nine um, um, uh, ulcers. We healed them all. Um, in the published report, the leading researcher in the world from Harvard, uh, Dr. Nikwecker, he he reached out to Dr. Maida, and we're in conversations with him. That the one of the leading researchers in the world is a professor, um, Marco Romanelli at Pisa University in Italy. He's reached out to us, and so we we know from from uh, the attention we're getting from from people at that level that we have a, a when they read our results. And they they know how unmet um, need wounds are on a on a worldwide scale. Um, that that's really given us the confidence um, uh, to move forward with that with the putting the money into the research to getting the final the final products out. And and in terms of a, a application process, it that paradigm shift comes from the way we're treating wounds. There's an actual oral dose um, proponent of this formulation. Um, there's two different topical there's a a kind of a a formula that takes you up to wound closure and then there's a different formula that takes you from warm wound closure to wound healing and then in some of the uh, uh, different wounds we're working on a formula for uh, maintenance so that it'll help you um, prevent you from potentially getting a wound to reoccur we can't do that in all of them, but certainly we've shown some results in some of the um uh people in our studies now so uh, right. uh, well yeah. i certainly hope i i never uh never have to
1: use your product but it's certainly it's amazing to hear these uh, that's just the business potential of this, and, and not to mention how, how many people can be helped by well, something like point. this um, right. th- cast your eye uh a little bigger for us and tell us where do you see KensSA health in a in in a couple of years where where would you see that direction going is it is it super focused on a couple products or 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 is the or is the expanse a little bigger
0: um I'll just go back to the the humanity piece you talked about and sure. you know when when you when I first met Dr. Maida and he first started showing us the results and 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 um you know digging into it you look at the case studies and you know I we I have never met the man, but I I've read the case study. But the patient had suffered for 23 years and um, eight years constant with a, a wound going right around his his uh, calf, like the whole um, lower leg. And in 144 days, we healed that wound. So there's someone that suffered for 23 years, and we were able to heal that wound. And so it this is a this is a powerful impact. To, to healthcare and humanity by by helping people with this situation. In terms of where we are, we're really built as a vertically integrated company that can that can grow the standardized compounds, um, extract them, isolate them, form them, and manufacture them into finished products. And we're going down the path of a, a phase three trial on an orphan disease right now, um, calciflexus ulcers. And then we'll continue to do more studies um, on other chronic wounds and acute wounds and um, really focus on um, the overall wound market.
1: Across the world, like-, a, like Oh yeah, like, you know. across the world, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We have been talking to um, Ken Clement of uh, Consanta Health about uh, medicinal the medicinal market and in specific some of the amazing work that Consanta has done we're hearing in the wound market and potentially with other with other ailments. Uh super exciting. Um, you want to learn more? Go to cansana.health. Uh kinsana.health if you want to learn more about the Kansana story. Um, well, you've intrigued us, uh, and we are going to uh call you uh every once in a while and get and get an update and every hear where months. where things are going. Because uh, and I know there's I know this is you're one of the more successful and a people in this industry, but this is one story. That's that's. There's many stories like this, and over yes. the next ten years, it's going to be fascinating how um, the medicinal mark, market develops and 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 morphs and and potentially overwhelms uh, the rec market and uh, other. I think and,
0: uh, I, I think there'll be distinct markets. I think in for sure the next ten years you'll have. Many products that are that will be going through the process of getting the Health Canada, FDA level approvals, and then and then people doctors will be prescribing cannabinoids for a condition that that child has seizures. They're going to get this product. That that right. that person has a wound. They're going to get that product. And so there'll be many products um, out there. Um, obviously, um, Pfizer is working on stuff for the irritable bowel, the GI tract system. So uh, I think over the next 10 years, you'll see multiple products on it. So the medical market will. Will really morph to actual claims where they're being made to um, heal products, and that's going to lead to health insurance coverage, and and full, mm, you know, it, it's a it's going to a different um, perspective. I mean, and then obviously the adult use market is a is a big business. It's just a completely different industry. Totally, yeah. It's just, you know, uh, it's just, uh, just
1: yeah. It's animal. interesting use of the plant and and where and how it's being commercialized. Uh, for for so many different positive reasons. Ken, thank you very much, this is fascinating. This yeah, is a really interesting welcome. story. I really appreciate your time.
0: You're welcome guys, and thanks for having me
1: on. And uh, we'll be back uh, with more of The Business of Cannabis. Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtech.com. And welcome to the business of cannabis. Uh, our first guest, uh, Ron Silver, is a well-known chef and owner of Boobies, one of the most successful eateries in New York City for some 31 years. Uh, obviously, running a restaurant in New York City is incredibly dull and boring and leaves a great deal of time because Ron co-founded a cannabis edibles company called Azuka. Uh, Azuka has developed a technique for making water-soluble edibles, which makes uh, the edible uh, fast-acting, uh, gives it a consistent Uh, THC level among other benefits. Uh, Ron looks to revolutionize the edibles industry. So uh, let's find out how. Ron, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it.
1: So uh, let's let's start uh, from the beginning. Uh, How do you make a journey from uh, starting one of New York's favorite restaurants to creating a better delivery system for cannabis edibles?
2: Seems like a straight line.
1: See, it's pretty obvious, but uh, explain <laughs> it for people who uh,
3: can't see. I, I mean, for one thing, being a chef and using cannabis; those things go hand in hand. Uh, really? And I have had a relationship with cannabis all my life. And uh, I was never interested in cannabis edibles until, um, you know, maybe nine years ago or ten years ago. Um, there started to be something called a cannabis industry. And so as soon as there started to become a cannabis industry, I started to become interested in how I could uh, add to the conversation with that and to be positive about it. And it really turned out early on that a controllable dose edible with a low dose possibility was really one of the biggest things that was needed and missing. And so I focused on that early on.
2: So give us an overview of Azuka um, and how does the, you know, the Azuka time infusion, how does it work?
3: So, you know, one thing is that there's there's a little, I I just want to point out that when you introduced uh, Azuka, you were saying that it's water soluble. So that is really not the oil will never be dissolvable in water. So what what our uh, what our what azuka does is encapsulates individual molecules so that it is a small the smallest possible particle size, which then can pass through soft tissue. And just to to back up, uh, a normal edible. Uh, and normal cannabis oil extract, which is what edibles are made from, is very sticky stuff. And it's sticky on a large mass, but on a small mass, the molecules tend to clump up and create particles that are too big to pass through your mouth or your uh, intestines. So it has to be processed by your liver. And all of that liver function is is a widely varied thing depending on all kinds of stuff. you know what you ate for dinner or breakfast or how much alcohol you might have consumed, or any number of things that affect liver function. So there are that, that makes it so that uh, regular edibles have a very unpredictable nature. And what azuka does is, is make it so that when a consumer eats, Uh, an edible that is that is treated with azuka uh, technology it has a predictable onset time that's the
2: biggest thing and that time that onset time can can be varied by
3: azuka yeah so azuka so a regular edible will take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half to really kick in and longer to complete its effects azuka edibles kick in generally in five to 15 minutes Hmm. and they last about two and a half hours and for individuals the the experience varies a little bit between individuals but once you figure out your own regimen it's very consistent Hmm.
1: so the science a little bit if i get this right it's because I got, I guess I misread your website. I, I, it's not that it's water soluble. It's that it do, it bypasses
3: the liver because of its size. Is there? And, and it is also it it sus, it is suspended in water. It's like a sort of emulsification system, but it's a little bit different than, than actual emulsification, which is oil and water sort of forced together or two things that right. don't mix, forced together in a very unstable compound.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: With azuka, there is no stability issue because the individual molecules are wrapped. They each are holding their own in a certain way.
1: So what am I buying when I'm buying azuka? Are you guys selling that technique of how to do it? Like well, high we, high
3: sell, we sell we uh, sell a product to and uh, to oh, okay. uh, manufacturers. Like one of our partners is Juana, who is the biggest manufacturer of edibles, and they have you know we're in Canada with Inviva,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and you know so we go we work with Juana when they're making their edibles to provide a technology, which is, you know, it's a physical thing, uh, that they add to their production cycle and we encapsulate their molecules for them. Oh, I see. So an edible company will partner with you
1: to produce this more efficient and also, I guess, superior way of inject, because, you know, that's obviously the big problem with edibles, just you don't know what's gonna happen
3: on some level. That's right, so there's a whole bunch of problems with edibles and you can really break break it down into two groups, the manufacturers and the consumer. And and both of them have very specific problems. So for a consumer, uh, a consumer really wants something that they understand as medicine because they're taking it for a reason. So our, uh, Azuka makes it so that the onset time is quick and understandable. Uh, the other thing that Azuka does for consumers is, is make you know, so cannabis oil and extracts have, tend to have a bitter, uh, flavor and Azuka's technology helps to mask bad flavors and enhance good ones. And what that means is that it hides bitter flavors and enhances sweet and salty flavors. Mm. Uh, The other thing that Azuka does for consumers is when cannabis or THC is is processed by the liver, it turns into a Delta 11 hydroxy from Delta 9 THC. So the experience, the Delta 11 tends to be sleepier and the Delta nine tends to be sort of more what you get when you smoke cannabis. So Azuka helps the experience for the end user to be a little bit more interesting. Uh, For manufacturing, what we are is stable and scalable. So we help make the most stable, shelf-stable product. And, And for manufacturers, a big problem is when they don't have a properly held together edible, the cannabis oil seeps out. Onto the paper that it's wrapped in, and uh, you know they get a lot of returns. So it's a very expensive kind of waste. Hmm. There's also in manufacturing, there's manufacturing waste itself, which can be up to twenty percent of your most expensive ingredient. And we uh, Azuka helps to cut that down to almost nothing. So there are there are benefits on both the manufacturing and the consumer side. Um, You know, the other thing for manufacturing is uh, that we improve efficiency um, and you don't need a lot of equipment. So a lot of a lot of the other technologies and we do have competition, um, a lot of those technologies use complicated and expensive equipment. Mm -hmm. And one of our real benefits to manufacturing is that it's very easy to plug into your existing manufacturing system and you don't need a lot of equipment and in fact, we provide the most specialized pieces of equipment for free uh, when we have a relationship.
2: So that that was my next question. Is this equipment you're providing? Is it you know you're licensing a technology? you know how does that how does that work? If I'm an edible manufacturer, um, how do I engage with you?
3: Well, so we have, we, we have, first of all, we find out exactly what your needs are because uh, the, the, each application requires a little bit different thinking. Uh, and a lot of those we've dealt with a lot. So we have easy solutions and some of them require us to go into the lab and figure it out. Uh, and then when we do, we provide training, we provide the equipment that you need, which is not a lot or big. You know, but but that's provided by us, and we provide a lot of support along the way. Um, making cannabis edibles is tricky, so I, you know, aside from the ease of use and the equipment, uh, we also have chef skills. And it's not just me, right. but guys in my company. You know, the the the, the guys who help bring people online—they are really good with thinking about how to get, I mean, it's kind of food and medicine and oil. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Right.
1: We are talking to Ron Silver, um, co-founder of Azuka, uh, an, uh, a revolutionary edibles uh, uh, company, um, changing the, uh, the way uh, edibles are made and how they're consumed, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I used to work in a restaurant, I'm a bit of a foodie, so I can understand the the parallels between the two. Um, you know, so not necessarily a straight line, but I understand that, um, in, in terms of you talk about, you know, you've got some competitors, how are you going to market? How are you, um, acquiring new customers and, um, you know, what, what does your marketing
3: strategy look like? Well, so basically a lot of our, you know, a lot of our, our our marketing comes through word of mouth and people just knowing that they need this solution, right? Uh, but you know, like any brand, uh, we really we use all the sort of social media and you know have a, a consistent marketing plan, and and we, uh, you know, one of the biggest pieces of this. Of Azuka's project is educating people. So, right. we really put a lot of effort into education, into writing white papers, uh, into clarifying language. Uh, you know, one of the big issues <clears throat> in any emerging industry is that the language and catchphrases are very confusing. Right. So, for us, you know, we really have been focused from day one on the idea of keeping these molecules in line and, you know, getting them to behave as well as they can be made to behave. So, you know, we've been very focused on making sure that our language is consistent and helpful and clear um, and, you know, just engaging in all the, the marketing You know, we do shows, we do presentations, we do a lot of interviews. That's mostly how we market. Right. And word of mouth also, even though word of mouth is tricky because people don't really want to talk about what they're doing. Yeah.
2: And also it, uh, you know, you can't control when people actually want to engage with you. It's a little bit harder that way. Right. Um, So in terms of your, your, I mean, your growth could be um, international um you know what are Absolutely. your what are your plans over the next uh, the next couple of years in terms of expansion
3: well we are really fleshing out our portfolio of how we can be helpful um creating tools that are ubiquitously uh usable in in all kinds of levels so for example we just recently launched launched a chocolate activator which is a, a way to infuse chocolate in a in a very uh accurate way and easy to use chocolate is super difficult um we just launched a new version of time infusion our d2 uh iteration which is about you know there there's a saturation point and how much how much cannabis oil or how much thc or or CBD, you can fit into a gummy or a beverage before it falls apart right. and becomes an oil blob. Yeah. So we've just uh, introduced something that allows you to uh, infuse three times more than, than our first version, which was already good. Um, and another thing that we're really working on is beverages. Um, there are a lot of beverages out there, uh, we are seeing a lot of problems in solutions that people are choosing, and we are super close to having that code cracked. And I just want to say that I even think we may already have it cracked, okay. but we hold ourselves to a terribly high standard. Yeah. Breaking we are, news, you know, breaking news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's not just breaking news. The news is really... You know, I think that we hold ourselves to too high of a standard sometimes, and I think we really do have some amazing solutions. So I'm excited for those to sort of work their way out into reality.
1: Well, learn from that. and I. Our, our, yeah, we very low uh, bar stand here, yeah. so we don't. You, it's, it's You never. You, you always get over it. Always get over it. <laughs> um, what, what, one Quick, uh, quick question. Uh, you mentioned something about cost. Give us an idea of. Okay, Matt and I have our little edibles company, and we hear this. We're intrigued. What what was sort of be a is that even like even a ballpark level? Could you give us? Well, so is this so an addition to my like cost structure? Is it addition to what I do? Is it saving me money? How
3: does it work? First of all, I just want to say that I'm I am a I work in a laboratory, and I don't know if you know chefs or scientists, but they're so they're super freaky people. I, I hardly, I do not know almost anything about the business end of, of the cost structure, but I know that it, and it, it, it's completely competitive. But, you know, we have, uh, you know, Azuka is run by Kim Rayle, who's our CEO, and she really handles all of the business aspects that, that come through. And I, I kind of don't keep up with that entirely. But I know it's very competitive, and just for just from a chef's point of view, you know, that there are so many ways that it saves money, like in labor manufacturing, in equipment breakdowns, in uh in waste control, in returns, and and in customer satisfaction. And you know, I I am saying that the value of azuka is definitely uh, a good investment in in whatever uh, uh, small extra costs are incurred in in manufacturing. So I I think it's more about uh, making sure that the right process is in place rather than a market that's set up based on, you know, consumer perception. I I just, I I can't even think about that.
2: But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's basically... You know, you mentioned earlier that it could be you could lose as much as twenty percent. Um,
3: in you could lose twenty percent in the manufacturing, plus yeah. the labor yeah. that you need to do yeah. all that, plus the returns from the shelf. Is the a return from a shelf is a an unsatisfied dispensary, yeah, an upset yeah. bud tender, an upset customer. And the the expense of packing that stuff up and bringing it back and destroying it, reporting it, all the paperwork involved—it really is a, a huge huge problem that the dollars don't really cover the actual problem. You know, yeah, also sounds like a, yeah.
2: the opportunity cost is much bigger than the actual cost itself. So the ROI is there. So. And yeah, it also and sounds it,
3: like a
1: better product. It's just a better experience, really. Down and yeah. people, you know, it's a better experience. Who wouldn't want an well, edible? That's that's fast acting and consistent, isn't yes. and,
3: and taste and doesn't taste and has a better taste. Huh. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I'll say is that, for example, our our partner Juana, they are really really good. They have been they've been coming out with like these sleep products or workout products. So whatever the science goes on with with edibles, we can help deliver that in a quicker way. Right.
1: No, awesome. I'm going to wait for the Blitz-flavored edible, which I assume is coming soon enough. That (laughs) I would buy. Um,
2: (laughs) I'd buy some of that,
1: too. Yeah, I'd buy that. Um, We have been talking to Ron Silver of Azuka, doing some very interesting things in the cannabis space. And, of course, next time you're in New York, uh, drop by his restaurant in the Tribeca area. Um, And if you want to learn more, uh, Azuka... .co azuca co or uh, com if you're hungry and want to and want to think about it. Um uh Ron this has been great. This is so interesting. Yeah, this is one of the more uh you truly uh, everyone says it's revolutionary but this sounds like you're you're actually doing it. So uh we really appreciate the time. Thanks very much.
3: Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks Ron.
1: And we'll be back with more of the business the Business of Cannabis is brought to you by CashTech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart saves, software and services, CashTech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call CashTech and solve the problem. Visit www. So, welcome back, Dave and Matt, on the business of cannabis. I hope you enjoyed uh, meeting Ken Clement of Kansana uh, Health and Ron Silver of uh, Azuka. Um, wow, I found both of those offerings impressive in yep. this sense. And we've talked about this before on the show. Where's the biggest money in this industry? I don't really know. I know there's money in growing and selling cannabis. In the rec market, but even that medical opportunity that Ken took us through the, the wound market, I think the I think the world I think he mentioned something that it's a hundred billion dollar market in the world dwarfs anything. <laughs> just, that's just one little teeny. Yeah, it's amazing.
2: Well, and and you know you look at um, you know in a couple of years when you get FDA approval for you know multiple uh, uh, indications like whether it be anxiety depression cataracts whatever it is um, the medical market could easily dwarf the rec market um, and we, we saw that the evidence of it in um, in December when uh, Pfizer um, made that acquisition for seven yeah. dollars yeah. um, was I, mention I, that I, I think they're pretty smart people. Um, they're, they're not going to make a $7 billion investment, um, without, you know, some, some kind of foresight in, in terms of what the the market could bring. And I, I think it's, everyone's kind of, um, undervaluing, um, what the medical, um, market could, could look like, because up until now, it's really just anecdotal, um, evidence, uh, until you have phase one, two, three trials, um, you know, that's, that's when the real money gets made.
1: Yeah. You can, you can allege CBD will provide certain benefits. If it's ever becomes a drug. Yes. It's off the charts. It would still be a pretty risky, I mean, Pfizer did risk six or $7 billion, That's um, like Change, which like, yeah, that they just kind of uh, looked under the cushions and, and bought a company and maybe there's something they just wanted to get into the game. Uh, but there is a world of difference between clinic through uh, clinical trials and a drug and so and I and I you know I I I believe the statistic I read recently I was doing some research to prep for the interview there's something like 600 clinical trials going on around the world involving cannabis Mm -hmm. but there aren't any we don't have the drugs yet so people can say what they want uh it's still a cottage industry on some level until it isn't. Yeah. But that's what makes it kind of, I don't know if I was an investor. Yeah. You might want to take a run at it because once it isn't well, then the the carts, the horses uh, left the barn and it's, it's, it's going to be expensive, but still pretty a risky, not risky, but it's, it is a significant risk to try to pick that. It's a winning it's a lot, hand.
2: Um you know, I've invested in biotechnology stocks basically my entire adult uh, life. and
1: sorry to hear that. yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but the the difference is, and actually, um, I sold one particular company on Christmas Eve because I didn't want to hold it over you know the holiday uh, and it got bought by Pfizer on Christmas Eve right uh, for seven times what I sold it. <laughs> for um so take everything that's basically. a good
1: story i thought you were going to tell me the one time you made money but you no know, no because <laughs> <you're tough. laughs> you don't have you didn't have that one in your hip pocket yeah, yeah. no
2: but i i think that the difference is is that you're not creating a pharmaceutical um you're taking a, a natural mm. occurring
1: that's a good point plant.
2: you're creating a, a controlled uh environment where you get sus- uh, repeatable uh success from it um so i think it's a little bit different no you're right um, I think the the risks are uh, are significantly less than
1: developing a drug from scratch. Uh-huh. A chemical compound. You're right. It, it it's a faster a faster process, less investment. Not that there's not significant. No, no, but it's but it's, it, it's not it, going to take 10 billion dollars for Kinsana to test this drug. Where it's not, That's like, not unreasonable for that. a painkiller yeah someone.
2: it's and it's not like creating a a drug for uh, Alzheimer's uh, out of the right. blue with a hypothesis uh, in the theory um and then ten years later it doesn't work right. <laughs> um, right you know there's there's a little bit more science behind it. um so i I from that standpoint i I think there's significantly less risk um in you know kind of the the
1: um FDA process. Yeah, and then we we haven't really talked about Ron Silver's, but I I, I mean that's a great, I mean he, yeah. he nanotizing the molecule to create what people want, and that's the problem with edible. He's they've kind of not only him but uh, people like him have mm-hmm. solved the problem of uh, why that's it, why take an edible where you don't really know how's it going to work. It's a weird. Yeah. Uh, but now you can have a very repeatable, um, effect, uh, and that could really transform and, and it could be bigger than that, that technology could be ubiquitous in the whole edible market. Yeah. They could, they could, they could dwarf in terms of size. Uh, it's kind of like Google compared to the people who advertise on Google. I think Google's, Google's where the money was not necessarily, you know, David, Matt's, corner store which which we're planning, we still
2: have to get off the ground by the way which
1: we still haven't quite got off the ground <laughs> i've added that to the list of uh of our amazing ideas that are coming yeah um so yeah some impressive it's always cool to talk to real entrepreneurs i said on the top of the show these people are really doing it yeah um taking things uh, ideas commercializing them bringing them to market um, and what's, facing what's competition right? and, and, and trying to be successful.
2: And what's uh, interesting is in, um, you know, maybe five to 10 years, the market will actually see what they saw five or 10 years ago. Right. 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 Um, and that's what I always find interesting in terms of talking to entrepreneurs that are on kind of the cutting edge of, a, of an industry is, yeah. you know, they see something that most people don't. Um, and then
1: when we all do, um, right. you know, they're and they're kind of, and they're dumb enough to do something to, to try yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah, they're stupid enough to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, to everyone, thank you. But we've run out of time. Thanks uh, for joining us on behalf of Matt Cook and I am Dave Sky. Uh, please join us uh, next week for more business stories uh, from the cannabis trenches. Uh, a thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Cash Tech. Uh, Cash tech currency products. Call them for all your uh, cash management needs. www.cashtechcurrency.com. Until next week, uh, stay well, and this is the business of (music) cash.